welcome to Fear and Trembling with Horror, where we typically like to examine a horror film, a plot, look at its themes philosophically different, from different angles. You know the shtick by now. And uh, we see what the meaning there is in the film. And I'm always joined with my good buddy Ryan. We love to watch horror films together. And today we are bringing on one of our good pals, Dan. Say hi, buddy Dan. Hi, buddy Dan. That's our buddy Dan. And today we're doing a special episode. We're not looking at one particular movie, but we're just talking about the concept and enjoyment of scary movies. We're talking about the Halloween season. We're recording this in the middle of the month of October, so it's the the scary, spooky season, uh, all things seasonal and fun. And so we just thought we'd have a nice little conversation for those of you who are like us. We have that nostalgic sense, which is, you know, that, that pang of the past, that feeling of pang and love for the past. So... That's where we're going. Scary Movies with Dan, we're going to call this. Or Scary Movies with my buddy Dan. Does that sound fun, everybody? Ryan? Yes, that sounds, that sounds, that sounds uh, better than Scary Movies with Dan. Add in the buddy. I, uh, I hope not to disappoint. He's, he's, Ryan is trying really hard to be supportive. He doesn't want to do one of these. He's like, gosh, he's just Woo. delighting my every women fancy. And so today we're going to, listen. We all like scary movies, but indeed, maybe we all don't have the same kind of love or like. So, Dan, we're going to start with you. We're just going to have a conversation about this. Like, why do you like scary movies? And have you always liked scary movies? Yeah. Well, first off, I don't know if you hear the dog whining in the background, so I apologize if you do. The dude abides. Maybe he's the dude abides, yeah. Uh, or not so much. Um, yeah, I. Uh, so uh, I grew up like uh actually not watching a lot of scary movies so much i was thinking about this as i've been listening to your podcast and stuff and like i realized like see uh, for listener of, listener if you're our other listener and you yeah. listen to the podcast yeah. you can get on yeah. the show uh a uh, long time listener first time caller um <laughs> fraser crane here <laughs> there is a call-in feature <laughs> my mom's gonna be on how come you haven't answered the phone call to die I just want to tell you about there's a man standing by the freeway in a chicken costume. Uh, so, um, yeah, uh, growing up, uh, I, like you got, you talk about the spooky gene, Jared. And I don't know if I ever had the spooky gene, but I've definitely enjoyed spooky things. But also I realized that I, I think I grew up uh, with a little bit of a kind of a moralistic thing about scary movies. You know, there was definitely like like some movies that just were you kind of avoided those because they were bad or something or whatever. And so growing up, it was like, you know, just like spooky, like older films, old black and white monster movies, um, Vincent Price stuff, you know, and it would be like, it'd be like, um, you know, Vincent Price, the, was it the, the wax museum? Is that one of his wax, wax something? Anyway, you know, people would like come visit the museum and then they'd get kidnapped and I think they get turned into wax figures and that's the whole thing. But the point is, I, I don't think I paid Spoiler. much attention to the plot. <laughs> oh, yeah, shoot, sorry. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Paris Hilton was in the remake. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Now that's Did she become a human after starting out as a wax <laughs> Sorry, Miss Hilton. It's a reimagining. We will not be sponsored by Hilton Hotels. Thank sorry, you. Sorry, that was judgmental. But, like, what I, what I remember loving about it was just sort of the atmosphere, right? It was just like the you had it on in the background where you're, like, counting your candy you know that you got trick-or-treating or 
or uh, I never um, counted my candy. And, I just ate it like a man. Well, you got to sort. You got to get those crappy like orange and black wrapper ones out of there. Those are called peanut butter you know kisses. They are of the devil. And we all grew up they in are. the age of satanic panic. We're also everyone was trying to murder neighborhood. That's kids. right. You had to inspect. <laughs> delightful. I listen to these fools. None. Everybody. Well, you had to, peanut you had butter to kisses. Your, delightful. Your Reese's uh, to make sure there wasn't a razor blade in them. Right. It or, was always uh, in an uh, apple, and I'm like, who's eating an apple on Halloween? <laughs> Also, who's giving out apples? Not this. On not after the mid. That one house that no one goes to. Take that stuff back to the pre-war. That's right. That's right. Uh, and, and you know, I was inspecting my candy through the plastic mask where I'm gonna cut the eyes out bigger so you can see better. You know. Answers uh, so many questions. Casper. <laughs> Frankenstein? Yeah. So you like the atmosphere? Yeah. Seriously, you like the atmosphere yeah. of it's on the background? It was just like, yeah. yeah, you know, kind of on. And, you, you know, and like I said, I, I don't even really, not really sure what the plot's about or anything, you know. And I, I don't think I really took horror films uh, that serious and really till like kind of young adulthood. And then I was, I was trying to think of like what, when did I sort of start to, to maybe look at it a little bit more? And, and I think really I was thinking about like... Uh, Blair Witch Project, because yeah, I was kind of like that demographic. Like I was like in college, I had a roommate who was a a, 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 a film cinephile. Uh, uh, well, he was studying filmmaking in college at that time. So like it was like it could have been me and him out in the woods looking for the Blair Witch thing, you know, kind of like. Uh, and and uh, you know, I know that movie gets kind of to this day um, when I see various... tied together sticks in the woods, I get creeped out. <laughs> Totems. Uh, yeah, right. Um, but it was it, like, I found it really effective, you know, and it, it freaked me out pretty good. It it got me at the end, the whole kind of surprise twist, which we will not spoil, right? It's kind of spoiled. Um, probably, yeah. The, the statute of limitations is expired on that one, right? Um, yeah, if you don't, yeah. And so, mute this section. You know, like, and then, and then, uh, um, honestly, I think with probably you guys and a more, uh, robust sort of um theological perspective on the world i think kind of opened it up you know because it's like if if um i don't know how deep you want to get into that kind of talk but like well let's just let's just stop it right there we're gonna we're gonna pick that up because uh, i just think that ryan i need to bask in the thought of the of our robustness (laughs) and how it opened him up ryan okay seriously my kids may listen to this don't do that anymore (laughs) Please, right. please, so man, I wanna, listen I to this. Point out no. Jared, I really, I, <laughs> I really out. only have myself to blame for that one. A little so. shout out, though. You, you mentioned the spooky gene, which I, I like to quote. It's yeah. from a fellow named Lint Hatcher, who I heard speak at uh, some sort of strange sci-fi-ish horror talk at some conference. And he wrote this book called The Magic 8-Ball Test, I think. And, and it's, it's all about uh his love and fascination for all things halloween and stuff and he says that he was born with a spooky gene and when i read that i thought um affirm i understand that's my kind that's my people that's my mom it's my sister that's that's who i'm from so you're just kind of interested in things that are spooky and i've said that too Mm -hmm. uh for me and then ryan i like you share what gets you into it you know I, i i watched them too at a young age some of those older ones that you're talking about like vincent price was uh was ever present actually in a lot of the old movies around our house but even yep. the uh, universal cinema uh, pictures the the, the early uh, monster films like dracula bride of frankenstein frankenstein but there's this uh on usa network there was this guy i can't remember what he called himself but he's in that genre of like elvira or, or, or son of Spanguli. was it sammy terry 
Sammy Terry? Anyone? It, well, he had a cape, and he actually had. He was more. He he fashioned himself like a like a superhero of some type. Oh, okay. But it is in that style of uh, of. It's basically my dream job, where you get to show all these old monster <laughs> flicks and B sides of films, and, uh, and 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 make jokes about them. And and like uh, to me, I was just always drawn to it. So I was always drawn to the mysterious and the spooky, and the, because to me, it all. Uh, there was something true about things that made you afraid or spooked out. Even though my mom used to tell me that the mummy scared her. And I was like, that's ridiculous. He's a very slow guy with toilet paper everywhere. I mean, it's not scary, <laughs> but obviously our experience of things changes and uh, what we see changes uh, in terms of our, of our fear uh, levels. But nevertheless, that th- th- there is something in it, maybe unexplainable, all that stuff really got me. Uh, Ryan, what about you? What got you into well, I would say my mother you are you know, always throwing your was, straight up under a bus. Was the one with the spooky gene in my house. Uh, she had the the freedom growing up that my dad didn't have uh, growing up very strict fundamentalist uh, side of the church. And so my mom was, you know, like the the movie, you know, the movie person and she was the one that liked horror films and she, I was allowed to watch things that other kids my age were not allowed to watch. So I think it probably started with The Wizard of Oz. You know, honestly, as a kid, I probably, I wore, so I was told, I wore out a VHS, a VHS tape. I have watched that in 7.1 Dolby Surround Sound and it was awesome. I digress. Um, so wait, wait, I mean, yeah, yeah. And I think we can all agree that there's a lot of terrifying elements to that 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 movie but what what was the fundamentalist uh side of your father what what was the critique about or like or the it was mostly a critique of of culture in general you know grew up in a very a very anti-culture yes anti-culture tradition of of christianity i won't call it call it out i guess specifically but they were the types of of people that burned records and books and, you know, thought that the they would very much be in the group of people that we discussed when we talked about uh, the exorcist being, the celluloid being possessed. They very much would have been from that camp. And so... Do you think, do you think was, that, like, some of that taboo nature made you more interested in it? It was never... It was never taboo for my nuclear family because my dad very much rebelled against that. Um, whenever you think preacher's kids and you think, you know, the their behavior could be suspect at best, um, he is like the poster child of, let's see how f- far from the church I can oh, actually Oh, I hung out with, with your behavior. dad at a wedding or two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so he's like the poster child for... for that and so whenever you know my mom was raised catholic so they weren't supposed to get together in the first place and so their views their views on religion couldn't have been further from where each other were at and so we grew up in a very free very open house you know we talked about pretty much everything and living in a house that small you kind of had to but you know my dad was kind of like live and let live you know, and he never like monitored the things that we watched or listened to. And so that was probably an overreaction from the way that he was parented. 
you know, which we're always, I say we're always parenting against our parents, whether we realize it or not. And so I was able to watch, you know, I, I, I point to the Wizard of Oz because there's a lot of like horror fantasy elements in that. And I did wear out a VHS tape when I was like four. I was tall enough and smart enough to hit stop, rewind, play on the VCR. And the, the first real f horror film that I remember watching was A Nightmare on Elm Street. And I think I was like six. And that does some damage to the psyche of a child. Yes, and, and, and uh, for those listeners who haven't heard this, I mean, there's been many, many a nights when my dear friends has a dream about Freddy Krueger, who is basically a dream demon. So that's fun. Dan, what was the Dan, what life. was the first horror <laughs> film that you saw, like as a horror film, not just a scary movie, as a horror film, and you thought, oh man, I like this, or this is interesting, or the like yeah. there's something more here than just the schlock of gimmicky uh genre film with gore and or even some of the other reasons why people rent uh those kinds yeah. of movies well can i say something else real quick about that previous topic yeah, yeah. Real fast because i was thinking about like what was the what was the moralistic nature in my family and i think it 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 wasn't counterculture so much, I don't think. It was more like I think my mom actually modeled sort of like engaging the culture pretty pretty readily most of the time. It was more of just like there was a limit because of the effect it might have on you and a concern about that, mm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I don't know that it was just like a kid thing though, right? I do think there was like a moralistic like maybe we shouldn't go there even, even there like um, – and, uh, and so I have, a, I have an a, illustrative story for you about that, actually about Nightmare on Elm Street, because I, I had a good friend that I went to visit in St. Louis. This one's house where you like, go there for the week, you know, hang out with your friend for the week. And uh, we're playing down in the basement and his family puts on Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, and I'm, I'm uh, a good compliant child and I'm wondering, <laughs> should I be watching this? And, but, but it's like him and his whole family, they're all, you know, parents are there and everything. So I'm like, well, this seems to give me some license the parents are about it so i start to watch the thing and uh, all i remember gimp because i know this is your your movie is uh, his name's uh, ryan uh, oh sorry ryan he's the wrong <laughs> all i remember ryan is uh is the the those long uh, uh whatever the nails the blades or whatever on his, on his the arms on his, uh, in, the, in the alley no no in the very beginning, yeah. it's the claws like scraping yeah. on the pipes, and I'm like, I'm out. Okay, like, I was just like, I'm gonna, I'm going, I'm gonna go play with Legos now. Because and no, and, no, 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 I'll be, I'll be in your room. Come get, come find me when you're done. I'll be playing and solitaire, and the dad was like, son, that's a lonely yeah. man's game, and you're like, yes. And that was a, there was definitely curiosity, but I was also a mix of like, I, it was, it creeped me out, and there was also just like, I want to be a good boy, and I'm not sure if I should be watching this, so I went and played with Legos. So, you know, so that was kind of how the self-governing <laughs> of that worked when i was a yeah. kid but uh first horror movie um that you like that i like you enjoyed um, that that captured your ten attention as something more than just you know uh just a uh, you know a roger corman cranked out film to make the money at the drive-in right yeah yeah um maybe like um what I think what comes to mind, I'm honestly thinking like, I know it's maybe, uh, well, Alien is what I'm thinking of. Like, that was the first movie I saw that was like truly scary in a way that I kind of enjoyed, I guess. I don't know. Like, is that, because it just seemed like, like earned and like, uh, and also I'm like a sci-fi nerd, right? So like that was, that, that's kind of, maybe that was the gateway drug or something. Um, mm. And uh uh, but, but man, what a what a just effective and well made movie, and um, uh, 
that's that might be one of the first ones. I don't know when I saw it. I can't I can't remember that, but it was probably young adulthood sometime. You know, I, that's a question. Um, I don't even know. Like, like are the first films made about UFO slash alien extraterrestrial invaders? Are they horror? Or are they yeah. sci-fi? Or is it the blending mm. of genre already happening way early on? I don't know. That would be something for a film studies person to look into. But certainly there's. Yeah. Uh, we have a very generous, I think, the definition, thinking of horror here, uh, that that blurs uh, genre. It's not it's not siloed easily. I mean, so I I think of a lot of things that are just called thrillers as doing the horrific. The, the mix between sci-fi and horror films is the centrality of the unknown yeah. and trying to figure out what that unknown thing is. And that is, that is one of the things that as I was doing, you know, my thesis, that, that was one of the things that came up whenever we talk about art horror and it's a lure. Why are people attracted to horror films? It's kind of like putting together a puzzle. If it's like a well done horror film, think of like Rosemary's Baby or The Exorcist. Like there's always the edge of what we know. And that unknown is the thing that scares us or the thing that terrifies us. And it's always the thing that's drawing us further into the story. Sidebar, for those of you who don't know, uh, our dear friend Ryan here has written a master's thesis uh, on the, the you know, on, on uh, something called the theology of like a slasher film. So he did that blending of philosophy, theology and, and horror films. So most people probably don't know that. That's why you said that. So there you go. Time back yeah. in. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, I, 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 it was just thinking with Alien too, like the, uh, what I was saying before about like the atmosphere of those early Vincent Price movies, it's a very atmospheric movie because it's, it's not only is it the, the scary monster that's very terrifying and unknown and in the kind of in the dark corners of the ship or whatever, but it also just the, the kind of um, dread of, of the vastness of space and, you know, like just mm-hmm. all of that's just in the background. And, and I think, yeah. Um, also really effective you know for some reason when i was a kid i was drawn to dracula and i saw bella lugosi's dracula uh, i saw the iterations of it you know from count chocula to the count on sesame street no doubt <laughs> but i was drawn to the aristocracy and the the gothic or the victorian edwardian era kind of aesthetic that was supposed to be the setting and scene for all that 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 world pulled me in and the way it's done in the the 1920s or whatever it is universal picture film it, it is based on german romanticist film and so it, it just like the frankenstein uh iteration it is the the scenes are, are labyrinthine labyrinthine you know, labyrinth like when it's when you're in the villain's lair and it's kind of like a twisted warp mine and and I didn't know any of that as a kid, but certainly enjoyed that. Um, and that was almost play. It was like play thing for me. Like we get the fake vampire teeth and costume stuff and play that mm-hmm. around the house. Now, the first thing that I saw that like pulled me because it scared the bejesus out of me was just like you with Nightmare on Elm Street was for me. It was Halloween with Michael Myers, which mm-hmm. you and I have talked about. You still think that Freddy, Freddy uh, is your favorite slasher and Michael Myers is my favorite slasher. And, and I certainly think... And we both poo-poo Jason. Sorry, Freddy. <laughs> Very films. cheap ripoff of Michael Myers to see. Uh, not, non-verbal killer in a mask. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, we're talking... I, too, still, whenever I have a, like a nightmare that's horror, just horrifying, it is 
often of Michael Myers. I mean, it, it, he, he he occupies that space in my imagination too. So that was another interesting thing when we became friends is that we both had these kind of like sick, twisted dreams about these slashers as we saw them really young. And, you know, in my case, yeah. uh, my, anytime my, my older cousin would come spend the night, he would go rent a movie and I would stay up late. And my parents, I don't mm-hmm. think really knew that I was watching Halloween is like, you know, the age I was. Spoiler. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> They've since found out. I just got grounded. Just got out of being grounded. <laughs> just got my phone privileges back. Just away my hot Sorry, wheels. Mom. <laughs> yeah. No, the I, garbage you know, so kid carts, of... man. They found them, threw them out. <gasps> there goes my bike motor. Bike motor. I'm, I'm one of the about scariest. The spokes. Yeah, one of the scariest moments I've ever had in a haunted house had to do with Michael Myers. So I, I find Halloween very terrifying. But there is, there's, there's that. There's not as much pool for that one as there is, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, and that could just be autobiography, pal. Yeah, yeah, that could just be because of my mom. You know, she really liked those movies, and so did my co- my older cousins. So it's not that they disliked Halloween. I, I had they a hard did. time watching those. Like they were huge. Like Freddy Krueger was a yeah. huge icon, iconic oh, yeah. figure, uh, and I mean, there's a whole film company that he basically created but i remember when uh, what's the show what was the show short-lived show with robert england who played freddie called freddie freddie's nightmares with my buddy on the weekends and i remember like whenever i'd spend the night at his house and nightmare on elm street would come on like i really struggled because it was really i mean it really scared me now i think it's hilarious i mean (laughs) But not all these things hold up. I mean, it was really yeah, cutting yeah. edge at the time. And the first one holds up pretty well. Uh, the, the the one that came out in 1984 holds up pretty well. Um, and yeah, there's, there's Peak Freddy. They they had like kids pajamas, like kids toys, and it's like right. Well, well, well I have my to them. my but, yeah. new life application, yeah. Freddy Krueger Bible. Right. <laughs> it's very short. He cut out all the words of Jesus. Dare to dream. <laughs> well, uh, you, they mostly highlighted the possession that talks about Satan. You know, you Satan. mentioned uh, what well, your autobiography and like, because you know my my unpopular opinion hot take is I I when I first finally saw Halloween, I I wasn't scared by it, and I I found I found it kind of so so. Now I've de- since developed a great appreciation for it, in no small part because of you guys, but, um, but I think it's probably because I didn't experience it until, you know, young adult later on when also not only my own, like, you know, uh, timeline, you know, from being a kid to, you know, but also just the way movies had progressed since that time. Right. And it was a thing that was unique to its time. And, and so I kind of missed that window, I think for that, you know, I know I remember Um, watching mm -hmm. you disappointed because, Mm -hmm. because to me, what's scary about it is the atmosphere. And yeah, and however, yeah. I do think when we did our our our, trilo- our our discussion of the newer trilogy, I think the first one really does pull that back off predominantly yeah. again. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and like I said, looking back, having on more viewings now with some perspective, I I do have, definitely have an appreciation for it and enjoy it. You know, I think it's a good movie. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There's certainly a window of 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 imprint. You know the things that we the things that we like and consume when as kids and that we grow up and get nostalgia for. There's that window of of opportunity. Uh, I think I think you're right about that. So so okay so like I didn't really even say the word like 
uh, per se. Well, yeah. I, I said that to, for Dan, but Dan, but um, sure, let's say we, we like them because it's a weird thing to say I like it, right? You know, I, even yeah. at this <laughs> yeah. moment, yeah. I'm struggling yeah. with that. Like, because ah. it's, 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 if as, as a piece of art is actually meant to do something to me that isn't about just like, blissful easy enjoyment right it's supposed to be i yeah. think that anybody who's really doing it thoughtfully is doing it uh to expose this kind of something about the universal human drama and and our, mm -hmm. and our, i think our, our need and our lack right but um yeah. so we could say more to that but i wanted to ask you both if there's a film that you watch that you just i mean you, you think it's brilliant horror film but you can't stand to watch it yeah, it's almost like mm. you tell people, oh, yeah, I like it because you know the reasons why it's scary or maybe it's well made. You think it's, But you don't want to like there's never a time when someone goes, let's watch it. And you're like, yeah, you're like, maybe like um, and, and to watching it might be like <laughs> almost like a devotional act to great cinema or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I owe it to the gods of film. <laughs> mm. Is there anything like Full that? course credit. Man. Let me think about that because I've seen I've seen a lot of horror films and there there have been some where I've I've felt felt that way. But let me let me pause and think about that for a second. I will say you you I, got I, me to watch Hereditary. We did an episode on it. They'll be coming out in the future, and I did not mm -hmm. want to. You were yeah. You know, the, the response that you had from watching it the first, I'm like, do I have to do this? Like I don't want I don't want <laughs> emotional. I've been going through yeah. a dark time personally. I don't want to go through all that. But mm -hmm. honestly. But I will, that's, I will say, because I was going to tee you up by, by letting you still marinate by telling you that too. Like we did The Exorcist the other day. I do not enjoy it. I think it's brilliant. I do not enjoy it, nor do mm -hmm. I enjoy The Shining. And it's brilliant. And we will talk about that film sometime. But I don't ever go, yeah, man, let's get down with The Shining tonight. I think that's an interesting question because I... I, uh, I I do enjoy The Shining. Like watching it, it do, I I can watch it, and I don't have any like like it's a chore in some sense or something, right? Um, but like, um, but it's interesting. Like, what's the difference, right? Why does that? What, so, but like, uh, I remember, um, I, um, again, uh, well, uh, Paranormal Activity uh, was. Uh, and I know that's people have mixed op opinions about that one, but because of the whole found footage thing or whatever, but I thought it was highly effective. The first um, one, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. The yes, the first one. I, I have no interest in any of the other. You ones. and I were with a group of people at the cinema together. <laughs> we did. Watched. That's right. And many, <laughs> and some of those people were, that were very freaking in. out during the movie. Uh, 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 verbally, uh, I was internally, and I, but I loved it. I thought it was so effective, and I, I think that's what I enjoy is like, wow, they they pulled it off, right? Like it it genuinely worked. Uh, but at the same time, I couldn't sleep for two weeks afterwards, like because I because it it dealt with like the demonic and stuff, and you know there's there's still an, like even though we can we can talk about the theological shift later, but even though that has shifted for me, like you know old habits die hard, right? You're just like, well, what if maybe you know, um, and uh, uh, anyway, that's one that comes to mind that like I really liked, and but I don't know if I go back to oh, and then I was thinking because I have not seen The Exorcist yet. Um, and I've always been curious about it and I'd like to, but I have a very, uh, uh, sneaking suspicion that it will be the same way that it'll be uh, rough and uh, you know, and I'll, and I'll appreciate it and like its effectiveness, but, and, but also like, I don't know if it's one I'm going to just be like, yeah, let's just tee this up, you know, for, for fun. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Romantic yeah. evening at home. 
Yeah. <laughs> Hard work and we we can work, you know. Hello lover, would you like a foot massage as we watch this film The Exorcist? The Exorcist. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, to this day there there I still cannot go in cornfields without thinking are there children Outlander, children of the <laughs> See, he wants you to Outlander. Yes, uh, yeah. We have your woman. <laughs> we all grew up. We all grew up in the midst of agricultural Midwest land, and I have been oh, man. every time he thinks it's going to be the scariest thing ever to project that up on some barn or some side of a house when you're surrounded by corn. It it isn't. It isn't uh, a very. Uh, it doesn't make you feel good. But that movie makes me feel icky. It's just like the, everything about that movie. I'm like, ugh. I mean, the, the, the red hair. Come on, man. Yeah. I mean, something wrong about yeah. redheads. Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're soulless. Uh, Courtney Gaines. <laughs> he's the guy who's in the Burbs, plays Hans. Yeah. I saw him at the movie theater here in uh, near our old movie theater there, Ryan. Uh, he, they were showing the, the Burbs, Burbs, and they brought Courtney Gaines in to, to do like a guest Q and a star Q and A. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I wish I, wish I went I over and I saw that. him at the bar at the food spot and he's eating tater tops and having a beer. I said, how do you like your tops? <laughs> Prepare for my q and <laughs> uh, Yeah. So I think for me, you know, bringing up the bringing up the exorcist. That, yes. Uh, Hereditary is one of those films where I watched it with you so we could talk about it on the podcast. On this one, and I'd on this seen podcast? it. Yes, yes, it, it'd be a future episode. And the first time I saw it, with all the film I, reels in the movie name, the negatory. Oh, sorry, no. insidious. No. Ah, sorry. Or or uh, sinister. sinister. I mean. It's one of those. That's a it's, very. There's a whole host of these one word, um, scary sounding yeah. movies, and I mix them up too because I'm. Yeah, it's, you know, Sinister is... Don't go down the road. It's good. Sorry. Go back yeah, to Hereditary. We we'll watch it together for the podcast. Yes. Stay on <laughs> I watched it. <clears throat> I was fortunate enough, humble brag again, like you said. I was, I was fortunate enough to, to do a, a review of the film before the movie actually released to the general public. Wow. And I just remember feeling very, like, down and disturbed at the end of that movie. I was just like... Oh, what did I just watch? And I hadn't, I hadn't watched it. The movie came out in 2018. It's 2023. I, I've only, I'd only seen it once prior to, you know, you and I watching it. And so I would say that's probably one that I would, I would kind of put on that list of, of movies that are really well done, like terrific cinematography, terrific acting. Like it's a very good film but it's just very, very hard to watch. And it's that one in, like, uh, The Last House on the Left, like Wes Craven. Just take that. Take that um, snuff film right out of here. I, I'm sorry. Rest <laughs> in peace, Wes Craven. And I know that you're a thoughtful man, but that, come on. It wasn't even, I don't know. I don't but have opinions. He's a thoughtful man, but he's an easy get sometimes. Well, but I'm, what, what I'm saying is, is like, you know, you put that you put that film, Last House on the Left, The Hills Have Eyes, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like the 70s million. You can't name all the, the movies now. <laughs> no, right. I can't name my list, but I'm just saying like that was – that's on my list of like movies that are more disturbing. Yeah, and, and let, me, let me just uh, take the pigskin right out of your hand there with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre because you're right. 
that you said that milieu, um, there was something about watching that that almost feels like I have been violated because it feels like it should be real. And we'll review it, but no one wants to see yeah. something about cannibals. No, nobody. Mm-hmm. But like that scene, my dear God, this gross, like alone Texas house on a hill with no air conditioning <laughs> and the wind, the screen and the screened indoor and the wind blowing and no one's answering the door and you're broken down. And, and then Leatherface just steps out and just slams a door wide open and he's clubs someone in the head and takes them right back and is slams it shut. And you know, it's like curtains, it's curtains for you. You're <laughs> down and you're out. It's curtains. <laughs> and you're like, there's yeah. such finality. Oh my God, this is, and what like, I am I watching watch? this for real? Does somebody like this video? And like he's running around at the end with the chainsaw. Just like, yeah. I don't enjoy yeah. it. No. Yeah, it was one of those movies that I was not allowed to watch. I, I, have, I have a question. <laughs> because my mom thought it was real, <laughs> or it was based off a, off right, a true right. story. And there's, yeah, and so that was one of those that had mystique. Like, I knew where the VHS tape was. It was, like, hidden, you know? I'm like, mm, yes, buddy, Dan, movie. what's your query? Yeah, well, so we all know that our, our friend Ryan is uh, take, takes all comers, takes, you know, when it comes to movies, right? He's, <laughs> he's, uh, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's a... Uh, uh, very, very open to any movie, likes them all. He doesn't have a discerning palate. Is there... I don't like them yeah, all. Okay, that's, that's, what, the, that's the question. When it comes to horror films, <laughs> what's a horror film that's a bridge too far for you? That's It's not worth it. Damn. It's not worth watching. Damn, is this your podcast? Because Nope, sorry. Because that, that, no, <laughs> that was exactly the next question. Wow, I oh, think sorry, Dan, yeah, okay. Dan, listen, I don't know where you were in line when they were handing out podcasts, but they let us have one. So. <laughs> okay, my bad. Here, have it back. Here it is. Have your you podcast, can, right? you, we're going to share it with you. What's one that you absolutely... You see, it's a garbage. Can we call it a straight-up dumpster fire <laughs> garbage movie? a movie that we don't like well but especially for ryan right because like i want to know which one stinks that you uh. still like to watch but no yeah oh well that's a good one (laughs) there are many of those so so yeah what's one that is (laughs) just bad ryan go or do you need a moment wolf creek wolf creek is that that aussie slasher yeah i i didn't like it um it's kind of texas chainsaw kind of uh yeah it's just see, another way. Another is that, is that I... one of those films? It's just another way of kind of otherizing the rural folk. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I think that might be my one of my takes. I've only seen it once, and I really not care to watch it again. I will if I have to. Uh but yeah, that that's one. What's another one that I just didn't care for? Probably Hostel. You know. Uh, the human centipede. Yeah. I'm just like, uh, I mean, the human centipede. Sorry, I, I gave you the South Park title there. Uh, it's the way I feel about like whenever I hear The Shining, I always hear the shinning, you know, from The Simpsons. Uh, it's just habits, bad habits. But I think I think those those types of films. I'm just kind of me like, too. I, I'll agree with you. With uh, all all due respect to Eli Roth or. And I know I've given yeah. some some uh, some shade to, to Mr. Zombie's films, but I, I don't like the what they call gore porn or whatever. I don't I don't torture, torture porn. porn. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't find very much redemptive in it. I think the first Saw, if you want to include Saw into those, I think the first Saw is compelling. Uh, but beyond that, I, I don't. But so yeah, I don't. 
first three. Okay. Right, Dan, what about you, man? <laughs> what about you, buddy, Dan? Uh, I was going to, I know you guys have talked about this already, but like the, the first one immediately comes. So of ones I've seen, right? Because there's ones I'm pretty sure are going to be just not worth it. And I just don't bother. Um, but uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween. I, I you know, I, I literally watched that movie through my fingers in the theater um, in the cinema with your good buddy, me. With my good buddy, that's right. <laughs> hey, we, yeah, see, and, you kept saying, who had brought all these children? Why were we, we, uh, we, yeah, were, we were, were like, kids. Like, oh my gosh. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. You, yeah. You, 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 this is a midnight show. He's six. What's he's going on? Stroller. <laughs> it was unbelievable. And uh, yeah, and it was just gross, you know, and, and like, like there are, there's, there's a whole just, just bucket of horror films that are just there to try to gross you out, it seems to me. And that. That's not a fun experience to me. Um, now, hmm. maybe there is a better version of that. Like Rob Zombie's Halloween is, uh, I, I just I did. I don't know. It was just bad. I, I, better I, than I, the not, last not entry from David Gordon Green. He wasn't I saying wouldn't, wouldn't, that. Stop it, you. Oh, I wouldn't sorry. know what that was. Quit trying to score <laughs> points. You know I'm right on this argument. <laughs> no, so I'm right on. But all there's arguments. a difference between human centip- human centipede yeah. and Rob Zombie's Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> one is way way better. Okay, we're not even here. All right, how about this one? But yeah, well, yeah. okay. Carry on, carry on, well, buddy let, Dan. Let, 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 let's throw on let's, let's a little commercial break. We're we're here to thank our wives for letting us do this, uh, as they are probably doing more important pressing matters. Uh, honey, we all love you. We know we're nerdy. Thanks for loving us anyway. Okay, that was a great important uh, commercial break. Now let me ask you this: <laughs> If you break. are going to have the perfect Halloween night hmm. movie or movie fest, you can I'll, I'll allow up to three if you're going to do a fest. But you're going you're going to watch something on or near Halloween night, and then here's the here's the kicker: what favorite treat? Hmm. What will you eat with your movie? What will you drink? What will you feast on? The blood? The soul? Milk duds? Anyone? Okay. There we go. Save me from talking. Mm -hmm. Buddy Dan? Ah. Do you have a list? Uh, I can think of a a couple, I think. Um, Well, so I was thinking like cross-section of horror films, right? Like, so in my mind, I think there's kind of the... There's sort of the just like Alfred Hitchcock suspense sort of intrigue kind of thriller scary movie, and I love those. So you know, Psycho, obviously, right? Um, I, not all Alfred Hitchcock, I would say, is horror. I don't, I don't know if Psycho is kind of just sort of horror adjacent, or it's. It, he but, did not but, think uh, any of it was really horror. Yeah, although so I maybe that Psycho one doesn't, doesn't quite fit, but but uh, that would that would be a fun Halloween night for me. Um, uh, and then there's just like fun kind of like scary, which I put like poltergeist, right? It's, it's more of a, it's more mm. of a spectacle or a, um, like a, um, I don't just, just a fun kind of ghost story, right? Not, it, mm. it, it does get kind of scary at times, right? But it's not like, it's not like getting under your skin dread, at least most of the time. Um, yeah. And then, uh, gosh, I don't know. Okay, here's maybe another unpopular opinion. I like the movie The Village. I saw that I also people... in the cinema with you, but yeah. I don't think it's a horror. I think, and I think it's undervalued for what it is, which is a, mm-hmm. you know, I think it yeah, tries no, too hard. I, I, but I think it's, I think it's making a, an interesting point, but it, yeah. no, not a horror film it. for me. I think that's what people were expecting was a horror film, and 
what they got was this deeply mm. existential tale that yeah <laughs> Yeah. So maybe I missed the target here on horror movies a little bit. But. No, 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 because I think for you that's no, what no. it can be. But yeah. yeah, what's your treat of choice? Well, I'm just a straight up, treats? straightforward uh, popcorn uh, man. I want popcorn popped in um, uh, coconut oil, just some salt. I don't need any extra butter on there. I don't want any other kind of seasonings or whatever. Straightforward and a, and a glass of milk with my popcorn. I that's want right. my num nums. <laughs> dude it's the best it's so i've been good. making fun of you for years on this this popcorn and milk like you're basically a child and people you may not hear it in his voice but he's like pushing 80 he's like old <laughs> he, you called me a young 50 all right so. he and he and he, he was once a body double for vincent price that's right. That's right. Happy Halloween. <laughs> so I, I think with I think with my list, it's it's gonna be age dependent because I I would probably want to start off the night with something not Go as scary. Go for it. And as Go the night, for it. As the night goes you on, do so you, as they say. I think I, yeah. But I'm having this internal struggle between Hocus Pocus. The Monster knew, Squad and Ghostbusters. Oh, Ghostbusters. I thought you were gonna go Monster Squad. So you know, hardcore. I thought you were. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I can make a case for really all three of those okay, movies. Okay, so we'll to just say one of those to start. What I'm talking about, but, yeah, one of those to start. Because they all deserve a, rec- a hearing, a recommendation of some type. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm ending. I'll, I'll tell you the ending. The ending, I think, is Halloween. I think Halloween on Halloween is like the perfect movie to watch on Halloween. So I think like you know horror fest, you know outside party of friends. Let's end. Let's end with that one, and then somewhere in between. Mm. Session nine. Oh snap! We haven't talked about that one yet, dear viewer, dear listener. But session nine is totally creepy. Looking forward to when we get to that one. Don't give too much away. Yeah. It is. It so that is, that's that. Those are my list. That's my is, list. I think start the night off fun. It does take place in a sanitarium, right? And legit in, sanitarium in a, in a in a town that that is basically. Um, basically modern day Salem, but in real, you know, the, the real town, uh, for those of you who don't know, you can still go there. There are, there are apartments that were made out of like a large portion of that, that insane asylum hospital. Uh, much of it has been torn down though. And the graveyard is still there on property. Oh man. Ooh, so fun. yeah, for me, uh, yeah, I, yeah. If I'm gonna do, uh, what's your treat? You know, what's your treat? For yeah. treats, uh, give me some Reese's, oh, yeah. Reese's pieces. Reese's, man. That's so oh, American. I love, I love me some Reese's pieces. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I like them better than M and M's, but I'm in the Did minority. You know that M and M's turned down the, uh, the, the, the ability to be an E T. Yeah. They yeah. didn't get phoned yeah. home, and Reese's did. <laughs> I'm glad Reese's did because mm, give me some, give me some of the, that's my that's my treat. All right, all right. There it is, Reese's very pieces. Nice, very nice. Oh man, I think with you, I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, Halloween. I've seen it a thousand times, so we can also joke around over it too. So it just depends on what we're doing. But that that's a great one. Mm-hmm. Um, one I'm really into these days is um, one we'll be getting to is this this newer uh, film called The Witch. I think mm-hmm. it's uh, it's it's incredibly spooky. Uh, I think it's a, f- a fantastic tale. Uh, if I'm doing something else that's uh, mm, more fun, 
like a horror con, I might go for the Burbs to start or uh, the original Fright Night as a as a fun uh, one, which yes. we hope to do kind of yeah. a, like a yeah, like a, a couple episodes on the two different Fright Nights. Do you think the remake was pretty mm-hmm. good too? I, I liked it. Loved it. Yeah. Loved the remake. I, I actually don't remember it well enough. I ever saw it in the theater with you, Ryan, but I I, I kind of remember mm-hmm. it was kind of the middle of Arizona or some desert town yeah it it was uh it was one of those films during the uh the 3d craze so i i don't think it was necessarily shot with 3d in mind so they did like the post the post 3d effects on it so i could have done without that but the movie itself was a very uh what's the word a true adaptation of the the original material i thought it it covered you know i thought it met the the spirit of the original in a way that was not very many remakes. Well, that, that, that leads me to an interesting question. It's interesting to me anyway, in the, in the era and the age of remakes, because everyone's out to get a quick buck. Uh, what, what movie really deserves, what horror film really deserves a remake? So psycho got one. Mm. I don't think it needed one. Mm. That was in like Mm-mm. 99 or 98 with Anne Heche and, uh, and Vince Vaughn, you're going to remake that one. You are you are going up against Muhammad Ali. Uh, that's yeah. that's a tough one. And uh, and so no, we've obviously uh, gone over the new Halloweens. We've had a couple iterations of that. There's been reiterations and imaginations of Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, Leatherface stuff has been right for it. All the lots um, of Leatherface. Man, that's a terrific question. Thing of it is, is I almost feel like haunting the haunting, um, a movie about a haunting. It's either better when it's older, or they overdo it with the yeah. effects. If it was mm-hmm. done right, and who does it right is the haunting of Hill House, Blind Manor, and the the people behind Midnight mm-hmm. Mass. There is no real reason that in twenty twenty three and twenty twenty four, with the way our rational minds work and stuff that we should be able to pull off a haunting show. But those are fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure that I want to see Poltergeist redone or Amityville, but... They did redo Poltergeist. Oh, yes, and Amityville. So. And Amityville, too, yeah. I was yeah. thinking maybe, like, because, again, maybe unpopular opinion, I did not really love Children of the Corn that much, especially just, I think, because of how it pays off at the end. It's been remade it has been? Okay. a couple of times also. Okay, so we are in a genre, and they did, and they and they did change, and they did change some yeah. things, and so the the remake of Children of the Corn is hard to watch. I think there's like two different remakes, and they came out a couple years oh, wow. apart, and they have two different takes. This question on it. may actually and, be a dumb one because it is it is a genre. When they say things like a genre movie, a genre piece, they know it's going to make money. They usually mean horror or sci-fi mm-hmm. or, or or fantasy. It has like a cult following embedded into you know, into the, into the groundwork. So, I mean, if they're looking to make a quick buck, it stands to reason that a horror film is, is where to do it. Yeah. You're going to get a lot of people in the theater or at the movie, drive-in or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I would say that the remakes that succeed from old horror films, and I'll use the, I'll use the example, are when the original creators get a chance to like executive produce and put the material in the hands of maybe a different screenwriter or a different director and see what they do with the source material. Perfect example of this is The Last House on the Left. And the, the films, while the premise is the same, handle 
the key issue of of revenge differently. And so I, I won't ruin that, but Wes Craven was an executive producer on that show. So he was involved not just as like the creator. He was involved in that whole process of making that film, making that remake. He was not involved at all in the remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street. So I think in those instances where original creators want to kind of revisit their work and kind of work with a creative team that's newer, that's bringing different angles to it, I think that's when remakes can be yeah, done. Yeah, for sure. Well. You know, Rob Zombie aside, is there anybody better suited to make a horror film than a guy with the name Wes Craven? <laughs> I still, I think yeah. Wes Craven's a better name. You'd leave him than Rob Zombie, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like, <laughs> Hello, Mr. I mean, Zombie. I, I'm here to trim your I'm not bushes necessarily... today. You need me to get here, anything out of the pool, it... Mr. Zombie? <laughs> I do want to defend Rob just a little Rob, bit. Are you, do you know I, him, I, Ryan? I don't know why I to defend Rob Zombie. I don't don't necessarily like his aesthetic all the time. But I will say, I I will say, I will will say this. Uh, He made, he made the Halloween material his own. He didn't like, like a, wait, 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 wait. wait. Like a, like a Nightmare on Elm Street. They, he, he made the Michael Myers story his own. He wanted to tell a story in the way that he told it, and I appreciate him for that. Uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street, I don't appreciate them <laughs> at all, and I, I can talk about that That's later. That's what but... I like about you, Ryan, is you're always finding the, the, the best in people. <laughs> now, he made it his own. Look, look, I'm going to defend Rob Zombie and his take on Michael Myers you're way, like, way... You're like Martin look, Luther. Halloween Ends was terrible. Like Martin Luther. It was terrible, and I want to yeah. slap Martin some Luther people said, in the if face. If you're going to sin, sin boldly. Like, well, by God, he's going to sin, hey. but he did a hell of a hey. job doing yeah. it. Yeah. Go for it. Well, look at all the blood in that set. I really appreciate We're that. We're talking about different things. So, okay, I don't know if there's anything that needs to be remade. Snakes on a plane. Are there things that I want to see? <laughs> snakes, snakes, on just... snakes on in Atlanta traffic. <laughs> Uh, and you're snakes. leaving out, yeah, yeah. You're, <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's any horror film that I that I watched that I would like to see remade. Uh, you know, uh, I don't want to see it remade because it's you know a Vincent Price, and that's just classic, and it's 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 sacred in a way, right? Because it's Vincent Price. But well, they, they did remake the the Wax Museum, didn't they? You said they did, so. Yeah, the House of Wax. The House of Wax. I, I believe okay. it came out in so, 2009. Back in the back in the I, you uh, know. I, the remake craze. I think they can come out with some of those RKO pictures again. Uh, that, that, they are, they brought they brought back some Bella Lugosi and stuff like yeah. like the, the cat. I'm people, sorry, 2005. My bad. Like the cat people, or whatever it's called, where you know there's this really some sinister stuff that happens. I just recall somebody like literally chopping up someone's face, but they do it with a razor blade behind a sheet, and there's Karloff and Lugosi, <laughs> and there's some themes in there that could be totally totally trippy. Uh, I'd love yeah. to see. Okay, I'd love to see a great, a great Dracula story. Uh, we got Francis Ford mm. Coppola's like epic, trying romantic, um, and and I like it for a lot of things. And as much as I lo- I've come to appreciate Keanu Reeves and John Wick and other stuff, I, I'm not sure I'm buying him as Jonathan Harker and Winona Ryder as Mia, Mina. Yeah. And um, I, I think I love you. Uh, I think or something. I think I love you. Or something. I love me some Keanu, man. You know, I think, and the more I've learned about him as like a person, like, and you know what? 
he's a smart dude. He's and a, a filmmaker, smart dude. yeah. Uh, just don't know if I'd buy that character for him. Uh, Gary Oldman uh, mm. was pretty awesome as Dracula. Mm-hmm. But then all these other mm-hmm. Dracula pictures, like Jark Carpenter's like, it, I hated all those movies that came around the, the, the millennium, like the Vampires 2000, Dracula 99, whatever. Mm-hmm. That was uh, Dracula 2000. Yeah, I know. I'm uh, just throwing Dracula... numbers. That's, they were coming out with whatever they <laughs> you're, could. You're, see, you didn't like vampires from John Carpenter. No. You know the one that that took place in the in the Did desert. Not, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is the reason. It's it's so. I think it's right. It's right for telling. It's a great story. I think it hits issues of like basic human fear and emotion. I think it hits questions of mystery and transcendence and meaning and purpose, and all that wonderful stuff. I just think it's really hard to pull off, which is why I like that mm. that series on Netflix called Midnight Mass because they effectively mm-hmm. pull off. A vampire tale told today, and one one way they do that is they put it on a little sea fishing village island off the coast of the mainland, so it's kind of cloistered off from internet, mm-hmm. and, and there's a way to, to to isolate the people. And then secondly, they never say the word vampire; they never talk about the vampire. So it's almost like nice. maybe vampires don't exist in that universe, but they put it completely in the terms of this person's religious interpretation, which makes it fantastic. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. and I would love to yeah, talk about show. that on here more, but uh, I want someone to do Dracula. I mean, he's, he's a, like a baller character, and you could be faithful to uh, Bram Stoker, who wrote this interesting book about the vampire and folklore, and then he found the character, the Wallachian prince Dracula, son of the dragon, mm-hmm. who was a historic figure, and he made him dressed him up as an aristocrat. Um, but, you know, like in that book, when you read it, he was hideous and ugly and he looked aged and his breath was rank. And they tried to do that some in Francis Ford Coppola's, but uh, they completely do away with the suave sort of uh, tall, dark and handsome mm-hmm. aspects. And I, I just think there's there's a way to, to mine that that would be interesting. That does it better than Blade 3. <laughs> yeah. I it, Yeah. As much as I love uh, I love a good shoot him up action film as much as i love ryan reynolds wesley snipes you know that was when he was starting to get all ripped up wasn't it i mean weak sauce yeah Yeah. Yeah. well i mean i think one of the best blades is blade two but that was directed by guillermo del toro you can parse out the blade i mean i like i'll watch it (laughs) but you can parse them out you know it's just i couldn't tell you yeah well you know some i mean look the first one has a really great Stop. line in it. Dan, what was <laughs> yeah. the dumbest thing that he's ever made you watch? Like you oh, watched goodness. this guy, the dumbest thing that Ryan, uh, I mean, and he liked it and he argued yeah. with you about it. Or maybe he just argues to argue, but what was he the... Just argue, yeah. Well, well, here's, I'll tell you what. When we were roommates, I I just, I remember, I remember, uh, you know, he'd go down in the basement and go to bed and put on some DVD of some terrible movie uh, and fall asleep to it, and all night long, this you know the DVD menu with the creepy music would just be cycling over and over again. And the next morning, I'd go down to the kitchen, and I could hear that same DVD music still playing all night long. He had slept the entire night listening to the DVD menu music cycle over and over again. Not only is that not good for your sleep, it but no reason, be. no wonder you're having nightmares about Freddy Flippin' Krueger, the Dream Demon. Oh man. 
Oh, that oh, yeah. brings me back. Yeah. That brings me back. I would I would watch movies. I would watch horror movies just to have nightmares. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, you're street cred. Get out of here with that. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. I you made me think of and Ryan, you're totally gonna agree with me on this, of just absolute dumpster fire a horror film. Halloween three. Season of the Witch. You didn't even you didn't have to say the I rest was newly of the married. I was newly <laughs> married and we were gonna watch a movie with our friend Ryan, my wife and I. And we liked horror films. So I went and I found this website and it was like this movies that are overlooked, horror films are overlooked. They said, let's really just take away the idea that it's in the Michael Myers world and Haddonfield. And it's really quite a good film, which I hadn't seen since I was like a, a smaller child, if I saw it at all. And it would have been like on a Friday night show, so it had been edited for TV or whatever. So we get this movie and we're sitting there in our basement watching it and my wife goes gee this is something you guys wanted to watch and it was the most absurd <laughs> 10 more days to halloween, halloween and i think there was a lot of choice words that you threw at my uh, direction and you're throwing all kinds of shade at me for this one well now wait 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 i had read that also and so we had both agreed don't hey try i to read save this me. you've read this no, i Look, i man. i don't you're like, stay alive no matter what occurs. <laughs> no, just let me die. It was me. He did this. <laughs> it was. We just sat there. I think the three of us just sat there like, what are we doing here? This is terrible. Dan, Dan now that you... Well, we finished it. We finished it, wed, Is there a movie yeah. that you and your bride, a scary movie that you guys uh, have enjoyed together? Well, Any so advice to up. the new couples out there? For yeah, husbands yeah. who want to just well, say... like. I Somebody scare you, really, baby. Really clutch your arm. Universe body. With a, with a, with a solid <laughs> grip. Uh, so we actually just watched Rosemary's Baby because of your guys' previous uh, episode. Together. Hey, baby. <laughs> I don't know if I recommend <laughs> it for you, young couples. Your name's not Guy. Your name's that Guy, is it? Uh, but the <laughs> scratches are supposed to be there, baby. You were wanting it last night. You were asleep, but you said you loved it. Yeah, uh, I wish our apartment had hardwood floors and not carpet. That is actually, that is actually lesson number one in, in premarital counseling. Watch Rosemary's Baby. Don't do that. Don't do this. Whatever that guy did. Just all right, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Do, uh, the, do Ryan, the thing they do on the front part of that movie. Dance. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's all right. Um, I, so I, so 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 she actually grew up uh, with even less exposure to horror films than me. So we've been we've been just slowly uh, uh, exploring uh, these movies. And so like some of the ones I've already mentioned, uh, we both really like uh, The Village. But I know, like Luke said, that's horror adjacent. Um, and uh, um, but uh, what was the one? Man, I'm blanking right now. Um, oh, The Witch we watched, we, which is excellent. Which I wanted to mention another category real quick that I think is it's horror films that I think, like, you can analyze any movie that kind of, like, what are the themes behind it and stuff, but horror films that really have something to say, you know, like, or, uh, and say it well, like, if I put that in that category, you know. You put um, The Witch in that category. The Witch, yeah. Well, the, you heard it here, friends. You heard it here from Buddy Dan. <laughs> it comes from Buddy Dan's mouth. We are putting it on the podcast. <laughs> It is. Buddy Dan might be getting a t-shirt. Uh, it is. BD with your picture on it. <laughs> Buddy Dan. Um, but yeah, so we like probably mostly, you know, the uh, the kind of more 
more lighter kind of fun scary fair kind of stuff you know like that like, well if you said the witch i thought you were gonna say or... we're really more into the cerebral the more thoughtful and deep. <laughs> no for for a light evening of fun watching with your with your significant other something like that would be probably on, on our plate but we we are watching the you know the like i said the other ones as well uh like the uh like i think the exorcism is on our list here so just to or uh, the exorcist sorry um you know, I gotta get, yeah, gotta get full movie. course credit, but not a date movie exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, definitely not. No. Uh, well, um, and and also I wanted to add one more heavy hitter to my list earlier because I felt like I had some lightweight ones. The Conjuring was is uh, one. That Wait, I really this is a heavy hitter in what category? The ones that you would watch for Halloween or just uh, the, yeah, the ones I would watch for Halloween because you know, like that list we were doing earlier on something with a little more. Yeah. Wait to that's a that's a great movie. Have you yeah. like us ever had a nightmare about any one of these four characters? Or? No, so I'm 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 so the effect they have on me is I either have I either don't sleep, um, or um, or it's you know the so the Conjuring like you know the I'm sure this has happened to you where you like you know you like bend down you're brushing your teeth and you bend down to spit it out and then it, you 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 remember in movies that when the person comes up there's someone standing behind them every time I do it. Yeah, you know the hair, or like you're brushing your teeth and the shower curtain's drawn, and you're just like thinking there's there's somebody behind that curtain, right? You know, like that's the effect. <laughs> so the Conjuring, um, there's there's a, a just a really effective moment in there where they're playing a game where they clap. It's a hide and seek game, and then the the aberration or whatever starts playing along and it's just creeps me out and, I, and i'll just imagine what if i heard that right now like down the hall and it, and, it, <laughs> yeah. and, and i can't like and you know the, the hair on the back of my neck stands up and uh i have to kind of like okay i go to think, think about something else now you know <laughs> yeah whenever i'd watch something really scary and i had a scary night i, I used to get up this is when i lived by myself too i'd get up and i would put in a dvd of king of the hill or yeah, something really mm. yeah palate cleanse mm-hmm. that's right well let me ask you this yes. this one other question and um dan buddy dan what yes. puts you in the mood to watch a scary movie oh man um i mean while you're thinking it. i'll say that i didn't yeah. want to watch many of them during the pandemic or for ah, those of you yeah. know me well know that uh this past year i went i've had some uh, some some health challenge and so when things are harder, I don't typically want to watch uh, hmm. watch those kinds of things uh, hmm. per se. It depends on the level of darkness in my own life or the weightiness of it. For mm-hmm. sure, a hundred percent. I, um, you know, like I, I'll, I'll say sometimes, like, well, I was thinking about when you're talking about Halloween three, like as the as the uh, 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 as the what the uh, the elderly person in the group here. I know my time is, is short. And uh, so I'm only going to uh, spend so much of it. So, you know, uh, where, where it counts, right? And so, like, I, I actually had just skipped Halloween 3 on both your guys' recommendation, right? Um, but, yeah, I, I, that's, a, uh, that's, a good, uh, that's a good insight, I think. Um, for sure, there are times where it's just, like, life's too much right now and there's no, you know, um, there's no capacity for it. And I, and I know I have a, a smaller capacity for that than, than others, surely, as, as you guys probably but um uh and uh and just and I, I was just thinking on on my own life growing up you know had some tragedy and things along the way and i wonder if that had any effect on my limited capacity to go explore you know darker themes in movies mm-hmm. and not till later on when when a lot of that had been 
um, I don't know whatever the right word is. You know, you never you never get over it, but de- dealt with or kind of managed, stabilized. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, you yeah. got to be in, definitely got to be in a place where, and well, I think it's healthy to, to kind of take your temperature and make sure you're in a place where, uh, where you have the capacity for it and, uh, and it can be a, a good thing. So, but also I was just going to say the fall this time of year, right. You know, the, the leaves change colors, <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the, the cool air that it gets dark earlier, you know? Yeah. The cool, crisp oh, air. Yeah. I think that's obviously the, the holiday season. I mean, I, re- I do remember even in, in college, people starting like horror films, like right at the beginning of the year, because everyone's kind of pushing fall along, even though we're not into fall. Mm-hmm. I think that's definitely mm-hmm. one. But yeah, you know, I've, I've often theorized why it is that we make um, horror films. Like well, why, why as a culture do we make violent or horrific or suspenseful like what 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 is that and there's you know there's different theories uh one thing i have thought about and i don't really have a lot of scientific evidence but i'm just not certain that cultures that are undergoing severe crises like that are in war-torn tyrannical regimes i'm not sure that their art is very horrific now i could see how it's possible that maybe they would make something horrific to reflect the situation of the day but i would think there would be less creation of that because they're living mm-hmm. it and so mm-hmm. that we live in a society that makes it quite frequently might be an indicator that we're living somewhat a cushier experience of uh, mm. a, a more peace more peaceful or um safer so like a right. roller coaster it, it almost becomes a safe way to encounter the the, the horrific fears that are very, very possible. You know, we, we, we all will die. So is that one author, Noel Carroll, I think Brian maybe said that horror is about the, the fear of death and dying badly. Or that was so, he's, he's the one that, that, that kind of brought up what you're talking about, how there, it seems that horror films are most popular in cultures that don't have to experience death on the day to day that don't have to see it like death in the streets, whether it's by famine, like you're not going to get a lot of horror films coming out of Sudan because life there is pretty horrific sometimes. So, or like in like Afghanistan and Iraq, like war torn countries, you typically don't see them producing a lot of horror films. And he says that because their mortality is right there in front of their face. And you brought up, Roller coasters and those thrill seekers, those things that put you on that edge. And horror films in our, just in America, you know, you think about how much of our time we spend not thinking about our mortality. Whether, you know, we're trying not to, we're consciously putting that, hey, that's not going to happen to me for another 50 years, you know, and it could happen to you later tonight. We, We just don't, as a collective, think of it like that. And so horror films do very well in the box office here. They're very profitable for that very reason because it forces us in a very safe environment, the darkness of the theater, it forces us to look into that abyss and recognize that, yeah, I'm going to die. Don't know when, don't know how, but we hope it's not badly. (laughs) You know, the death and dying badly part is, I I, I believe it came from a book that you gave me called Sacred Terror. And um, 
I'm trying to think of the author's name and I can't. There's, there's, you know, in, in, in ancient Western traditions, everything coming from, uh, from, from Greek tradition, you know, specifically in Stoicism, Epictetus, Marcus Aurelius, uh, ancient uh, Christians, medieval Christians, and everything in between practice a, a, a sort of thing called memento mori, which is to remember one's death. Because there's a sense in which to live a good life means to live for a good death. To be remembered, to have a good funeral means that your life was lived well. And to live with mm-hmm. the, the concept of death always in your mind is, is one way to... Um, is, is to not let life escape you or get away from you so that you could live uh, in, in, in ways that are much more uh, decadent. And there's, mm. uh, there's something called the Ars Moriendi, the art of dying, which is uh, a Latin mm. text. And, 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 and they actually have these uh, images and discussions of death, but a lot of the images and, and practices are, are the arts of death where you would, you would practice them. So you don't just oh, remember your death, but mm-hmm. like there, there are images that you, you would reflect on, meditate on, contemplate is, is an art uh, to do that. So crucifix mm-hmm. could even be that, right? Mm-hmm. Or um, um, I, I suppose you could think of many, many different things to make you think of death as a reflective tool. So I had an MRI like a week ago, mm-hmm. right? And I'm scared of, I'm claustrophobic. Which is why there's a movie uh, with Kiefer Sutherland, and it was remade uh, where, where he's buried alive, and it terrifies me. Right? He ends up in a box, uh, yeah. yeah the, at the very beginning of the movie, Sandra Bullock's character disappears, and at the very beginning, mm-hmm. you know who did it. And he discovers it. I'm trying to think at, of the name of that movie. Or something like that. Well, he, 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 at the very beginning, and, and the, 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 like, the whole conceit of the movie is that he... He, he finds the guy who killed, took and killed his, his girlfriend. And, and he goes, you know, I will show you exactly what happened to her as long as you take this you know, drug. I, I don't want you to know where we're going. And when <laughs> yeah. he wakes up, he wakes up buried in the box. And, the, and the, you know, what's terrifying is that you know that's how she died. She's already gone through this. Yeah. And now, and now mm-hmm. they're in it, right? Um, so I was trying to think through how to get through this. My first ever MRI the vanishing. the vanishing. It was, it was thirty-five minutes long, and I had a I had a rash, so I was itchy. And not being able to move is the worst part for me. I can be in the snug space, but if I can't move, uh, that that's mm. really tough. And so I did. I meditated on my death, and mm. and in fact, my mind went because I asked the question in the hospital. I was like, "What is it like for other people who have sickness and illness?" I have been relatively healthy in my life. What what has it been like to be a patient? What has it been like to die for other people? Uh, Because we don't think about those things very often. And thinking Mm. about that made me more grateful for my life and made me more mindful of the kind of patient I was. It then got too real to think about the casket. And so my mind went into another meditative practice, thinking about something else that saw me through, thank goodness. But I was trying to keep the concept of my death before me uh, so that I live a better life. And I think done well, that's what a horror film, a horror films mm. can do. Well, thoughtfully and mindfully. Mm. Uh, certainly there's Jared, some, I, that, yep. I, was, I was just thinking of, uh, isn't there a thing amongst, uh, preachers, they talk about, uh, you, uh, comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Right. And it kind of makes me think of what you're mm-hmm. talking about with societies that, 
that are uh, uh, struggling and suffering, they, they're probably not. They need they need comfort. They're not gonna. They don't need yeah. affliction in their art, right? But a comfortable yeah. society probably needs it. Needs to face that, right? Needs to face that, that their death or, or the or their fears or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, right. It needs to face that. Needs to face that unknown that we've so conveniently pushed to the to the back of our minds. And art can do that in a way that um, a speech often can't, because uh, art can it can move underneath the discourse of lines that become ideology and it can move the soul or the spirit or the heart or the will. Um, so I, I'd say that's like, that's like what's behind a good, a good thoughtful horror film. And mm-hmm. certainly there's a cheap thrill of the jump scare. And I also don't mind, mm-hmm. we talk about, I don't mind a jump scare that is, is well deserved, you know, you know, yeah, you got to work for it. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Setting if atmosphere. It's, <laughs> if it's if it's yeah. well earned, yeah. but man, when they just you know have a have an orchestra hit and the cat jumps out, whatever, all you've done is shocked my nervous system. You haven't actually scared me, and <laughs> that's not fun, right? Yeah, yeah, you haven't actually elevated anybody's yeah, yeah anybody's consciousness. There's a there's a, an interesting study done called the science of scare where they've attached heart rate monitors to people and they've shown them films to determine which film scientifically is the scariest and they take your resting heart rate and then they take your heart rate at the highest peak of you know the film and the difference between the two is what basically ranks them and i just looking at some of those looking at like the top five they're all very atmospheric not that they may not, you know, I'm not saying they have no jump scares, but I'm saying that they're they're in service of something larger than them. You know, that there is this overarching atmosphere or narrative that's drawing you in. And I I think that's list the top five. I find, I find, I find that list. I I don't know them off the top of my head. I know sinister was number one. Well, here's the thing about that though, Um, that even as you say it, there is, that's to me, it just sounds like that's one good data point. Because yeah. it, is it dealing so with, the, well, it's dealing with my heart rate. So my physiology change, the physiology change when I watch yeah. something. But what about the existential dread elicited? Is that not fear of a different kind perhaps? Or does it manifest itself bodily in a different way? Maybe. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, looking at this list, number one for 2022, it hasn't come out for 2023 yet. Number one was host. Number two is Sinister, number three, Insidious, number four, The Conjuring, and number five, Hereditary. And what do all five of those have in what common? Names? I, I don't know about the host. I don't know about host, but all the other ones are supernatural or spiritual, have a spiritual element, this otherworldly element to them that, uh, you know, is atmosphere. It's not jump scares. It's not, it's, it's substance that they're drawing on to, to scare you. Uh, rounding out the top five, then you have Terrified at number six, It Follows, Dash Cam, A Quiet Place Part Two, and Paranormal Activity. Um, you know, and so it, it, it's an interesting, I'll, I'll have to, you know, I'll share the article with you guys, but I think the, the, the top 10 are really illustrating kind of what we're talking about. It's the atmosphere, it's atmosphere, it's something larger than just, you know, than just a cheap thrill roller coaster ride. Uh, there are places for that, but 
but I think when we're talking about those those good horror films or horror films that elevate and I think reached their potential, looking at that top ten list, you see a lot of stories that raise bigger questions than the stories themselves. It forces you to raise those big existential, you know, life questions in a way that cheap jump scares don't. Yeah, I think that's the the. Um... I don't know if uh, you want to get into the, the, the theology a little more, Jared, but um, I think that's the theological shift that opened this up for me is, um, uh, you know, the idea that, uh, you, you know, you can think of the world as there's bad things out there and then there's good stuff and I need to avoid the bad stuff, right? But if if uh, if God is really sort of the ground of everything, then ultimately it's kind of nothing to fear. That doesn't mean there's nothing scary, um, but... Uh, um, to um, to sort of embrace the darkness um, in that way, and you know, and and find the light in it, and knowing all the with the all the while with the knowledge that, or or at least the faith that um, it's 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 it doesn't win, right? Or it doesn't it's not uh, it's not all there is, and um, and so that uh, in, in uh, I feel like I'm not articulating it very well, but something about that that more robust picture of the world um, going. Uh, outside of that and um, kind of opens that up and gives access. So you can cut that out if you want. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think in a very real way, and I'm going to use a word that Jared can explain, in a very real way, horror films are an exercise in theodicy. They're an exercise in how you deal with the evil that you encounter in the world. Not that is there evil, but when you encounter it, how do you encounter mm-hmm. that and how do you act when that's acted upon you? And so I think that's, you know, most horror films are an exercise. So, in, in yeah, that. we talked about that. Well, theodicy is the concept that if God is good, then how can something bad or evil happen? And it also pertains to questions about, there's sometimes called natural evil and moral evil. And natural evil is often like the, the tsunami that wiped out a village, which I don't ever mm-hmm. call that evil at all because I think it's not it's not sentient thing. Um, so I ascribe evil uh, to to personal volitional willful action not to ontological or thingness substance in the world it's it's a choice to take what is good because all things are good and then to to twist them which is what we talked about when we reflected on the philosopher and theologian augustine uh earlier on Mm -hmm. but when i when i think of horror we talked about how when it's about the monster that is within or without that was uh the very famous dichotomy by uh, by uh, uh, John Carpenter. So yeah, there we get to the question of: Are we the monster? Are we? Is a wolf man? Is it Jekyll and Hyde? Which I just read Jekyll and Hyde, with the kids uh, yesterday, uh, in a car on the way home from our, nice. our car trip, and it's exploring all kinds of questions of duality, and there's perhaps questions about biology and evolution, but primal human being all kinds of interesting stuff it could be talking about um are we are we capable of the monstrous of being a willful actor upon another or 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 is it from without is it supernatural is it the alien but but when you Mm. look more deeply Mm -hmm. at horror films especially remakes or characters that have developed over time the reason why they're frightening changes i mean zombies today often are zombies because of a virus. And we do live in a very viral centric 
Mm-hmm. And they're very fast. Yeah, they're very fast. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, a generation ago with Romero, they were very much crit- criticizing uh, nationalistic, corporate, capitalistic, you know, uh, commercialist. God, we need we need that message today, don't we? We, we do. It's just not. It's just not. It, that, that's a little more on the face of things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that still happens. We still get that story, but. There was there'd be another zombie story before that that has its roots perhaps in voodoo or hoodoo, uh, which is mm-hmm. you know something that's like considered sort of pre-scientific, right? Serpent in the rainbow. Uh, we have alien stories. There's this kind of just the big question of what what is out there. Are we alone in the universe? If what is out there, if the life that's out there is a positive, is a negative, is it does it have our will? You know the quiet the quiet places mm-hmm. are a really simple premise. Uh, but just John effectively terrifically it hits a lot of fears. It, it's got the fear of the other yeah. from outer space, just the completely unknown mm-hmm. to then yeah. really pushes down existential to, to how we communicate. The, the f- language is fundam- fundamental to human experience. Mm-hmm. And in, in some way it's a part of our evolutionary difference and change people yeah. debate scientists debate it linguists debate it philosophers debate it some people would even say that language is fundamental to the divine because of, of, yeah. of, of who god is structured as a personal tr- tr- trinity i mean um then there's you know vampire tales what's that parasite being parasited upon being mm. made into something you do wish not to be uh you know, we talk about that being buried alive. Well, that's a terrifying concept. What's really terrifying about it is that <laughs> you're putting yourself into the experience of someone else who had been preyed upon. Yeah. Well, in in mm. uh, your, your vulnerability, like that, that, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I, I cannot secure control of my life to such a degree that I could never, uh, I, that I that I exclude the possibility of somebody doing that to me, right? Like, none. If somebody wants to get you, they can get you. Like that. That's what it elicits to me that vulnerability, mm-hmm. right? That um, this horrible thing could happen to you. And then I hear people mm-hmm. say things like, "Well, I don't need to watch that because I already know mm-hmm. I watch the news." And that that uh, fair enough. And that might be <laughs> that's like watching that, a horror that film. Might be, that might be true. However, yeah. some of these are done yeah. so artistically that they don't just say. They don't just stop it. Man in mask, kill me, kill babysitter, right? Um, mm. There's a mystery. And any one of the good ones, there is a mystery, right? Or there's something that is questionable at the heart of humanity. Yeah. Yeah. And going back, you know, I think one of the things that, going back to one of our previous questions that we talked about in the beginning, I think one of the things that kept me coming back to A Nightmare on Elm Street wasn't Freddy Krueger. It was Heather Ligenkamp and her character Nancy. Yeah, you know, that was the thing that I attached myself to for the you know why I love the original. And I think there's something, something to be said about what you're saying about how there's that that something that's something bigger than than what it's trying to portray. And for me in that film, it was her goodness. You know the way that it it, it became embodied there towards the end, and how she she faced that evil. That's the thing that drew me to that film more than the monster itself. You know that was, hey, this scares the crap out of me. You know why would you want to watch that? And I think it's because of her portray, you know, her character and what that came to mean in that story. 
So I think that's an example of what you're talking about. Well, and that, like that would those... be that would perhaps be, be taking an invitation to go on someone else's hero's journey. And if watched rightly for yourself, mm -hmm. you can do that without actually having to go there. So it's a memento mori is the remember your death. But then, uh, you know, I don't know Latin to speak it from the top of my uh, head to say, what yeah. would be to remember your journey, remember your hero's calling. You're yeah. called to adventure, right? to use these yeah. uh, Campbellite Jungian tropes. Well, <laughs> there's only so many stories we tell. And, yeah. uh, and, and, and we're all called to it. What's interesting is how, as one who's gone through a health experience this past year, where I almost died twice and I'm still journeying through it for me, it is amazes me how many people go through these major invitations to adventure, these crises moments in life and heart, once things are settled, if they get settled, they go right back to the boat, right back to our safety and not think mm. much about it. I, I know because I, I know I talk to people. I know people. I hear their stories. I collect if any if I collect anything, I collect stories. And it's amazing to me that, that when they do that, they've lost something significant. Um, mm. To see your own experience in life as a pilgrimage where illumination will happen invites you to take a different sort of stance into life it's it lifts it from the, the concept of just mundane blah ever and it says that every mm. moment i'm here i'm being shaped or formed for good or for ill and what will i choose what will i choose what will i choose and heather langenkamp's mm -hmm. character is invited you the person that i know to be to choose to be courageous mm -hmm. and resourceful yeah for sure uh, I, I would agree with that, <clears throat> you know, to my, to my young developing mind and the thing that's, you know, that I've come back to and the reason why I probably like it as much as I do. Uh, and I, in, that wasn't, that thought wasn't always conscious to me. You know, she did a documentary called I am Nancy and she asked that question. Why isn't she as popular as the, the bad guy? You know, you know, she's kind of like always been his, his foil and, and at least the, the movies that are the best of that series. And so it, it, it's an interesting documentary why she asks that question, why her character isn't bigger in like the fandom, you know, of the whole mythology. And so I'm not for sure everybody looks at it the way that you've described it or the way that I've come to see it as that's actually the reason why I went back to that film or why okay. I like certain others in that series. I'm certain people don't look at it this way. Many, many don't. Yeah. I'm certain there are plenty yeah. that do, but I'm certain that plenty do not. And that people maybe not even have the, the words to label their experience the way that we're looking at it. Not that we're better than you know, them they, or anything, right? It sounds like we're right, just, saying that and we're not. No, they've just experienced different words in their lives than we have. And so that was the other thing. Like one of the major developmental theorists from Russia, Lev Vygotsky, said that the thing that sets us apart from our ape cousins is that we use language as a tool. And it's that psychological tool, the use of language to manipulate our environment around us that sets us apart from our, our, ape, our ape cousins. It's a terrific study. Hmm. But Words create worlds, as they often say, but think, mm -hmm. about, think about how limiting they are. The words <laughs> yeah. that you say to define yeah. something, you also limit it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's the power. That's the power of language that's not really thought about consciously very often. Uh, the the words that we that we give ourselves to that we label our surroundings with, uh, like you said, can be very limiting. Um, in a way that we yeah, in a way that we don't often think about our self talk. Ryan, it looks like the way our buddy we... Dan is mulling over something. <laughs> so, yeah, yes. I, I, buddy I, Dan, I don't, I don't to you. WBDS. What would Buddy Dan say? Uh, make a bracelet for him. <laughs> he's probably some um, milk and bob corn he's chewing on over there. Missed <laughs> <laughs> the colonel in his beard. I'm uh, just uh, um, rewinding a little bit back a few steps in the conversation, but thinking about the, the darkness and it, it and uh, I, I think what I hear you guys saying, it's like it's almost as if a horror film is an invitation to, or can be, right, an invitation. To say here, here's, here's a terrible, scary thing. Now, like, what do you think? Like, is mm. it, is it uh, either this bad, or really is it this bad, or is it, it does it win the day? Does it, you know, it's, it's um, like, if there can be a kind of um, control we try to exert, where I'm like, I'm, I don't want to hear anything that scares me, but then you're not really um, uh, encountering, um, uh, uh, you know, do you really believe what you believe then? Right. Like the good thing that you think mm-hmm. you believe, if you're not willing to encounter the bad thing that might undermine it or, or, uh, or, or, or erode it away or something. And so there's the memento mori really, right? Like what, mm-hmm. if you face it, um, you know, do you, it, it takes some courage, right? Um, and, and then it does, but it does leave you maybe with a kind of existential question, right? Like, like, mm-hmm. I mean, Rob Zombie might have a, I don't know if he does or not, but might have a, a nihilist view of, of, of everything. But watching his movie is an invitation to go, well, do I, do I agree with that? You know, <laughs> right. uh, yeah. even though it's not worth the time to go watch it. But, but other movies too, right? This is, I, I was thinking of The Conjuring. This is why one of the reasons I really love The Conjuring, and I won't spoil it, but the, the way that it resolves pays off in a way that I think really is a... Is a, is a um, faces a real, I don't want to say real, but a very effective portrayal of darkness. Um, mm. But also a, that question is kind of central to, to the resolution of the plot, right? Like, well, how are you, what, what, how are yeah. you, what are you going to decide is really, you know, where do you stand on this? And mm-hmm. uh, um, which, which ends up actually think being a very beautiful story in the end because of that. Um, but uh, yeah. uh, that opportunity to kind of stare into the darkness um there's, it's a walk in the wilderness, right? Go, go, go into the wilderness and be a little disoriented in order to uh, maybe kind of really know what you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that happens when subconsciously when you ask certain questions. It's not like you you go to the oh yeah I want to think about these things. Let's go watch the next you know yeah the the right. new new reimagining of Halloween <laughs> or you know it named the name the horror film but i think anytime you ask those big questions subconsciously i think you're you're getting into that realm where you contemplate those things you know where you can take it deeper and and, where and i've been asked by people when i've given these descriptions i've talked to well-meaning people who they may or may not have a consciously thought out or unconscious uh, sense that watching them is somehow bad like they're vile, they're mm. evil in and of themselves, or that it's an invitation to something dark or, or demonic, or, or or maybe just just the general sense of negativity is not cool to dwell in and dwell upon. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I try to explain why I will say a certain film is a sermon or this is a very uplifting discourse. And they're like, well, how is that? And I'll, I'll try to explain <laughs> yeah. it. And, and they'll say, but do I, can't I just watch a, a movie and just because it's funny and I, and mm-hmm. I watch it. Can I just watch a movie because it, it's, you know, scary or whatever. And I had fun and I like, absolutely. I, I think so. And, and I think that there's a way to read, uh, Harry Potter and have a lot of fun. And I think there's a way to read it and see that there are absolutely Christological elements in there. And I think there's a way to watch star Wars and have fun. And I think there's a way to watch it and see Joseph Campbell and a little bit of Buddhism and a little bit of Christological motifs in there. And mm-hmm. once you start reflecting on that stuff, to me, the kind of nerd that I am, it's like an interesting onion layer of where mm-hmm. things derive from and adds meaning. So it's kind of a cultural layering of meaning, um, how we make meaning and culture. But yeah, you have fun. Go ahead. Eat yeah. popcorn and drink yeah. milk and, and you know, the best watch way. the herbs and then, you know. <laughs> you don't dip the kernels in. No, it's no, like he's eating what cereal. You do. No, what you do is you put, you put uh, oh. a, a reasonably small handful of kernels in your mouth and then drink the milk on top of it and it dissolves the popcorn and it's just delicious. What you never so do not, is like, combine a bowl with a spoon. popcorn. No, you never combine popcorn okay. with the candy in the same bowl because I don't want a surprise. I don't want to reach in there and get an M&M with my, <laughs> and God forbid, a raisin. You know, no. Uh, Lord uh, Almighty, who puts raisins? <laughs> you know, who puts I, raisins I, in popcorn? It, it occurs to me I, I, I'm I a miss. <laughs> Guys, I'm oh, a miss. I didn't but... say the kind of snack I would have, which is probably popcorn with milk duds <laughs> that, in them. That's yeah. why I said that. <laughs> popcorn and milk duds. That's better than popcorn and raisins. Corn. I will pray I'll for do, that yeah, friend. No, like raisins. Don't, you know, we were talking about candy raisins. today. I was talking with Candy today oh. with some friends on the, our staff. And, and we said, which ones do you not like? And someone's like, no, no raisin nuts. I'm like, you don't disguise your vegetable candy to me. Yeah, Get right. that right out of here. It's a, it's, 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 it's a fruit. fruit but it's, a, it's a rotten fruit. I it's mean, a humorous yeah, thing it's to say vegetable, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, a joyous. We'll have to ask our one. We'll have to ask our one listener whether they thought they it was hilarious or not. <laughs> okay. Well, listen. I think we're going to get two episodes out of this. So we're going to cut it right in half. And so. And, and so, so let me conclude with this uh, question. Um, uh, just give you a second to, you can edit this part out if you want, Ryan, but is there a particular horror film you're looking forward to watching this Halloween season? Mm. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if it's a good one, but it's the one I got. And let me tell you, since I ask them, I often have them in my mind. I have never okay. watched The Conjuring, and I've been told I'd like it, so I think I'm going to give The Highly Conjuring recommend. a go. That's my this year's Halloween resolution. I, I think The Exorcism is going to, or The Exorcist, gosh, uh, Exorcism of Emily Rose is in my mind also. That's why, you know, also excellent, uh, one that I, I hold in high regard. Um, but, uh, just because I, I do feel like it's, it's time, you know, <laughs> um, and, and you guys are talking about it and, um, and, but, uh, I don't know if I'm looking forward to it. Like we talked about earlier, Jared, I wouldn't, I wanted to mention one also when we talked about atmospheric, um, the Mothman prophecy. Oh yeah. You know yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually have never watched the whole thing because it, it creeped me out so much. Um, and it's, and, and there's not much that happens. It's just this 
at least of what I saw of it. I was going to say, what do you, how do you know? Did Deborah mess with you? Deborah Messing's in it. <laughs> oh, Deborah Messing. I'm a dad. Oh, my friend. Yeah, your dad, your dad <laughs> humor has gone too We're far. Cutting that right out. <laughs> I'm also, that was, dad's you sweater. might say horrific. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> but, uh, and to this day, this I have, n- I have never watched scary it. Scary movie. And I, <laughs> what'd you say? Nothing. No, <laughs> you but watched I'd, a bit uh, of it. I watched a bit of it. And to this day, I've never watched the end of it. And I almost don't want to because I don't want to like break the spell of what I remember of that just really just atmospheric spooky vibe. Um, if you but, finish uh, it, the Mothman visits you. And then, oh, well, then I'm definitely not. <laughs> just like those videotape <laughs> ones, right? Um, but uh, um, oh gosh, I'm trying to think of what else we've talked about. I mean, you know, the, the ones we've already mentioned, you know, the Village, Poltergeist. No, no, this uh, one was yeah. what are you going to watch this year? And you said. What are you going to watch Exorcist. this year at Halloween? There it is. Okay. Then. Like, which one I haven't seen before, maybe? Is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, oh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, give that a test that's probably, drive. That's probably the one then. <laughs> Can I give that a test drive? <laughs> Go Ooh. kick the tires. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think I'm looking forward. I, I don't know if I'm going to watch anything on Halloween this year. Okay. There's a season. Make a commitment. Go. There's a you season. You owe it to listener A. <laughs> I owe it to listener A. There, there's, there's a, there's a movie, and I, I don't know the name of it off the top of my head. I have it saved in a screenshot, where it's, it's a kind of a, a modern, not kind of. It is a modern slasher film, and it's about a girl that gets put back into her mom's movie. I want to say it's like Final Girl or, or or something, something to that effect. But it looked like a really cool, great, like horror horror movie to watch. Well, and I can't think of the name of it, but I want to watch that one. That for sounds great, friends. And if any of this comes across the show, we'll be certain certainly happy to let you know. Uh, my friends, it's been a joy to see you tonight, buddy Dan. Ryan, always a joy. I am honored to be the inaugural guest. Yes, Scary Movies with Dan is so fun for us. It's going to be a two-parter. I, I hope it was as fun for you as it was for us, uh, although I, I'm hold, not going to hold my breath. I think that we're just <laughs> delighting ourselves with our goofiness and uh, history. And uh, Come on, Jared, I'm a delight to hang out with. You are a delight. They're gonna love the, it. You're the best doctogenarian I know, baby. <laughs> you were asleep, but you said you wanted it. You, you liked it, see? Have a candy. You liked it, see? Rosemary, I made you a baby, eh, uh, see? Uh, but he doesn't have guy's eyes. <laughs> no, he's got his daddy's eyes. Oh, uh, gross. Yeah, sorry. I was going to say, that's just a really well done movie. Like I think I think I kind of had the impression it's kind of older, and I don't know how well, but it's really well done. So it anyway, is. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's Roman Polanski at his finest. I just think it's a scotch long, but I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. And I already said that already. Yeah. All right, my friends. Well, listen. Happy Halloween. Happy, happy trick Halloween or treats. And we will catch you on the flippity flop. <laughs> <laughs>